Welcome to Life Upliftment Podcast. I am your friend and host, Charles Zonde. In today's episode, I'm joined by Kavemba Mwale. She is the founder and leader of Kavemba Mwale Epilepsy Foundation. She has lived with epileptic condition for more than 30 years. Kavemba, welcome to the program. Thank you, Charles. It's a pleasure to be hosted by you. Wow, you're welcome. I would like to know who is Kavemba Mwale? Kabemba Mwale is a young lady who has grown up in the heart of Zambia. Mm-hmm. She is an entrepreneur and at the same time is living with epilepsy, or rather has been living with epilepsy from the age of nine. Okay. Since you, are, you talked of you have been living with a, a condition of epilepsy, so I would like to know how your growing up was like. Well, when I first had the first seizure, obviously it was just, people just thought, oh, she's having a bout of seizures and nothing much to it. So it didn't really change much at then, at that point in time. Then when I was, event- when they eventually diagnosed it to be epilepsy at the age of nine, I started taking medication. But, you know, being young, I didn't really understand what the medication was for because I didn't know what exact condition I had. As having a tonic-clonic seizure, I did not feel it. It's not something that I saw or felt that I'm in pain or anything like that. So I just thought, okay, they say I'm not feeling too well or I'm sick and I have taken the medication. So I just took the medication as prescribed by the doctor and my parents guided through. As time went on, Obviously, I faced different challenges, like um, when you're watching TV and all of a sudden the TV is flickering a lot, it would cause an aura and maybe it would lead to me in to having a seizure. So it was discovered that I have photosensitive epilepsy. Okay. Yes. Okay. Through so- school, my friends, they were all good. My parents took time to explain to them what to do. My friends, school, and my family. So we did not have, I didn't, it, it wasn't much of a difference. Like I still felt the same even before CS. Mm-hmm. So you took it that you are just like any other kid, not so? Yes. Okay, so have you, like, encountered discrimination, shame due to your condition? Yes, I have, several times. Fortunately, I was at a good school, so I didn't encounter it there. I encountered it mostly, the stigma came from strangers, mostly from strangers. Where when they they explain to them what this is, and then they start telling you, no, this condition, you have to go, it, it has to be treated like this, using herbal medication. Have you tried this, uh, going to the witch doctor? This person will not, and then they bring in all these myths as well. And I think the biggest stigma that I have felt is actually the myths. Each time people would bring in the myths, that is the, for me, that's the biggest stigma and discrimination anybody can talk about. 
been yeah. told you're a demon to my face. What? <laughs> yes, as funny as it sounds, or as shocking as it may sound, I've been called oh, a demon. I think I, think I don't find it funny. By na- by another. I know, some people do. Okay. Some people do, which is weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I've been called a demon to my face. By mm-hmm. not one person, several people. Friends? Strangers? Um, yeah. Okay. Yes. Sad. <laughs> <laughs> then for those who did not understand epilepsy, would always uh, discourage me from either sitting near the brazier or going where the, the traditional drums are being beaten, assuming that if I, if I sit near the brazier, I will automatically have a seizure or a seizure and when I burn, I will not get cured from epilepsy, which does not even have a cure. Oh, I think I heard so something like that. Those, yes. So we have those, all those um, myths that go around. Then the issue with drums is, I think in um, local language, I think they call it ingulu. I don't really understand yeah, what the, ingulu is. Ingulu, People, it's demons. In Nyanja, it's called mashave. Yeah, so they sort of, I think they are the ones who, I think, react to drums, traditional yes. drums. So a lot of people, even till date, have put me in that category and they're always like, oh no, don't go there because they're beating the traditional drums and you're going to have a seizure, you're going to fall and da 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 da, which has not been the case. And I'll be like, how? How would somebody have a seizure or convulsions of it, as you may know them, by just passing near local drums. Or you are attending an event, a, a local traditional event, especially in the village, and they're like, oh, no, you can't go to that event because there are drums. So you have all those challenges. Now, imagine you're growing up with that and try, trying to understand what doesn't really make sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting having to hear all these things from both family and family, friends and strangers on the part of uh, the the drums, especially that came from like family members because I didn't understand what that was. But then they realized that, no, she doesn't actually have this. What she has is totally different and she does not react to traditional drums. So how have you handled the discrimination and shame? The best way that I have taken it is, um, first of all, is I pray to my God to protect me from all these um, hurtful things that okay. are said about a person living with epilepsy, in general, a person living with epilepsy. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, I have not detached myself from my family, my friends who have always been there lovingly and have really shown me what love is because they have always been there in the times that have been most vulnerable. They have been there. They, have not take, they haven't run away from me. They have not dumped me out there. You know, they've really just been there for me. And I think they've just done what a normal human being should do. And basically that is just love somebody the way they're supposed to be loved. Then I've also taken to literature. 
why literature people would ask you're not a medical doctor but you've taken you've taken time to read and understand epilepsy i did that so that i have a better a better know-how of what condition i have so that i understand what in case i need to eat or not eat certain things i am getting it from a scientific point of view and not from what they think i should do okay you see Mm-hmm. So yeah, so the literature has really helped me a lot. But from the theoretical part, I came to understand what what epilepsy really is, and it's also helped me to help others. Okay. And also on top of that, not just help others, it has also helped me to manage my seizures and in general the epilepsy that I have. Okay. So have you ever been depressed due to your condition? Yes, I have. Um <laughs> Yes, I have unknowingly. Oh, unknowingly. Talk about that. Um, <laughs> unknowingly, depression is weird. You really just don't know that you are depressed. You may not know. I think I was in depression for quite some years, maybe about 3 years. And 3 years, 2, 3 in depression, about 3 years. Oh, okay. But and until the third year until mm. the third year mm. how obviously people wonder how i have an uncle who's a counselor and he had noticed that I had changed generally people would say oh this person has changed and so on and so forth but you don't realize that this person is going through so many unsaid and so on and that was happening not because i had somebody from the outside telling me negative stuff but because i myself was going through a lot of thoughts on epilepsy i think after reading the literature to understand what epilepsy is and transitioning to actually accepting to say this is what it is really and to know especially when i came to know that i will i will be drinking medication for the longest of time yeah is a time that i thought but god why me you know why me why not my siblings yeah why not my cousins yeah but normally i would always be on my sibling and i would i would sit down i would cry out like i would cry in my room alone i would even lock the door the bedroom door mm. trying to you know negotiating with myself to convince myself to take my medication because each time i would look at the tablets that i take every day i would feel so so bad like why me why does it have to be me taking medication every day yeah for this long a period and to think i've been doing it for 31 years now wow <laughs> that's a long time that's a record i never said i never thought it would happen that is a long time it is a long time and i always tell people if i can do it you can too wow so you have become a source of encouragement Oh yes, oh yes. And surprisingly, my life, my experience has actually it's boosted my morale a lot. My self-esteem is at top notch. My I am now this person that people look up to. Wow. To say, look, how can we handle the situation? How can we not just people living with epilepsy but even parents to children with epilepsy? Mhm. siblings to children with epilepsy all these people look up to you 
because they want answers that maybe their siblings or their children are not able to tell them. Yeah. And through my lived experience, I'm able to explain certain things. Yes, epilepsy might be different, but there are certain things that are common mm-hmm. in each and every person. Mm-hmm. Yes. So have you like uh, had an encounter with somebody who has the condition of epilepsy, then they were suicidal and that person was brought to you? Did you like have such kind of an encounter where you helped a person so that they come out of that suicidal kind of thinking? Yes, not once, not twice, every several time. times. It happened several times. So we do run uh, counseling programs where, um, obviously, in confidence, that's why these are, thing, these are things that are not so publicized. Exactly. When people get in touch with us to inform us about their sibling or even that same person who is feeling suicidal gets in touch to say, some are, you know, they get in touch with you and they're, they're broken down and so on and so forth. With my experience with depression, I'm able to understand what being depressed is. With my experience with epilepsy, I'm, I'm able to understand that. So from that angle, we do help them through it slowly. You know, counseling is not a one-day thing. We do help them step by step until they are no longer suicidal because most people feel like that because they, they, they do not understand that we are so many. Most people think they are alone. So only when they're introduced to so many other people is then they start realizing, oh, so I'm also just human, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm just this unique human human being and I'm able to do so much. I'm able to live an, an average life. I'm able to live, you know, to study whatever program I would like to study if I'm able, that's if the person is able to go to school. Mm. I'm able to have an, a normal office job. I'm able to be a farmer. I'm able to do so many, like there's so much capability in a human being. I mean, mm. one thing you have to remember is before epilepsy, yeah, a person is born as a human being. So before born. everything else, we are not defined by epilepsy. Exactly. That's just something that has crossed our path. Whether mm. from whether as a baby or through or childhood or at adulthood, it's just something that has crossed our path. So before everything else, we have to remember that you are simply a human being and able to do anything that every other person is able to do. Wow, great. So is epilepsy <laughs> <laughs> okay? <laughs> you have got me on that one. <laughs> All right. So is epilepsy like <laughs> an inherited thing or is, and is it communicable? Okay. So there are several causes of epilepsy. One of them is hereditary and hereditary is just one of them. Okay. My type of epilepsy, I don't know. Even my doctors don't know. Oh, it's in For the past 31 years, I have done all kinds of tests. Yes, there are different types. I mind they've done all kinds of tests and up to date they, they don't know what caused my epilepsy. Some others are caused by due to brain damage, brain tumor, which could have been caused by a car accident, remember? A car accident can cause a brain damage, yeah. which can eventually lead to epilepsy. An infection, 
severe meningitis, can lead to epilepsy. So there are several other diseases or infections that may lead to epilepsy. All right. So what can you tell people out there about epilepsy? There is one story that even I thought I would never make it because normally uh, people living with chronic illnesses are always told you die at this age, you die at the age of 12, or you die at the age by 21, you won't make it to 21, you won't make it to so such an age. But here I am, mm-hmm. uh, as well doing this interview, I'm at 40. So wow. I don't know, but as far as I'm what I know is that you can live a very fruitful life with epilepsy very well. It's all about you. Manage your seizures, mm-hmm. eat well, so that you have a very balanced diet. Follow your doctor's orders. Take your medication. Consistency is key. Due to consistency, I'll tell you something that I have managed to do. I managed in the longest record, my personal best record is where I lived with seizure-free from 2013 until 2022. For nine solid years, I was seizure-free. Okay. I actually had, I even celebrated my ninth anniversary of not having seizures. So imagine, just imagine, I was on medication. I still continue my medication. Just imagine a life without seizures. For somebody living with epilepsy and frequent seizures, it's unimaginable. But all I say is, you can do it. If I can, you can do it. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm already at from my last seizure. I'm at 11 months seizure wow. freedom. Wow. Obviously, people will question to say, what made you have a seizure after nine years? Well, unfortunately, our country has run out of drugs. And even as I speak, we do not have drugs in both the private and the public sector. So it became very difficult to consistently take my medication. And that led me to have two seizures in 2022 so it was not something that i wanted to happen it's unfortunate that the country the entire country did not have medication uh, medication. and therefore yeah so i didn't take my medication for a couple of days and there's nothing i could do about it because there was nothing anywhere and that's how i had a seizure yeah Okay. So right now, I'm counting down. The nine still stands. It's going to be, I'm going to put a big nine in the office. Plus one, I'm, I'm, I'm counting down to a one-year seizure free again. Okay. Because I managed to get some drugs. I'm back to my consistency. Mm-hmm. If I can, you too can do it. Wonderful. All right, talk about your foundation that you are leading, the Kawembamware Epilepsy Foundation. Epilepsy Foundation. Well, the Kawembamware Epilepsy Foundation was basically born on the basis of my story. Okay. The aim of the foundation is to reach, first of all, to be able to to visit our government offices where need be, for example, where we're having shortages and so on and so forth, on an official note, because you can't go there as an, when you, when you go there as an individual, it's, the impact is not that much. But when you go there as, as the foundation, 
they receive you on official basis. So now even to go out into the other hospital, into the community and so on and so forth for advocacy programs, we wanted to each to be formalized. And that's how Karimba Mali Epilepsy Foundation was born. And that's where we are. Okay. So what do you do exactly? Um, the foundation does outreach in the rural areas. That's one. Secondly, we do the advocacy at the hospitals, mm-hmm. at the epilepsy clinic. Thirdly, we we help people who are unable to get drugs on their own. Okay. We sort of have a link for them so that they're able to get their drugs from a specific hospital mm-hmm. into their homes. Because not everybody, remember, not everybody has the capacity to even yeah. travel or move to the hospital and back to their homes. Mm-hmm. So currently, those three are active. Are active. Then we also do advocacy at the markets because what we really want to do is people to know more about epilepsy than the people that are out there in the homes as we carry out the door-to-door sensitization should understand and learn what to do or how to live with a person living with epilepsy and what to do when this person has a seizure or a convulsion. How do you handle the convulsion? Do you put a stick in their mouth or not? Oh, okay. <laughs> the cooking stick. Do you pour water on them or not? All those things are very basic. Please do not put a stick in the mouth. Mm-hmm. You might break their teeth. Don't put, in fact, don't put anything. Not even anything as soft as tissue or serviette. Don't put anything in anybody's mouth when they are having a convulsion. Okay. So we we teach those things and we teach them even at schools mm-hmm. because it's very important that school to school going children understand what to do with their friend when their friend has a seizure at school. I remember being dragged by my friends, like they would, they would be dragged me on the floor while I'm having a, a convulsion, but because they didn't know what to do. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I think they would, they would be in a panic, you see. Mm-hmm. So they didn't really, and primary school, primary school, you're really young. Yeah. So, meaning you're under 10, they, they don't know what to do. The teacher, it's a time that there's no teacher available. And then mm-hmm. Kalemba drops down and ha- is having a, a convulsion. Mm-hmm. What do they do? For them, it's the best, the best thing, yeah, the best thing that they know is to try and carry me and take me to the sick, be- sick room, to the nurse, or to the nearest teacher. But because of weight, because you remember you're young, so the person is a bit on the heavier side yeah. <laughs> and they're failing to carry you through. So in the end, you find yourself being dragged on the, mm-hmm. on the ground. So there's such things. And it's not necessary to move the person during a seizure, okay. a convulsion. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> my friends, I've just said my friends. I haven't, I haven't said which friends. <laughs> You guys were so helpful. They are amazing. No, I had the best. I had the best friends. I still have the best friends. Um, I I wouldn't wish for anybody else, and I wish for people to have friends like the friends that I have. Wonderful. They are the best. Simply the best. 
the one thing that they did not they didn't run away from me one teacher once told me when i approached him he says he says you know thank god i've met you explain to me and he said because it happened to a grade five he said i teach grade fives and it happened and i ran out and then when the teacher ran out all the other kids <laughs> who were in grade five ran out mm. and left the person having a seizure so this is a teacher but he was just being honest and he said no it's ignorance please tell yeah. us teachers yeah. you know what i mean like mm. tell us what are we supposed to do and he, he said it's the cleaner who was outside who said is it is that class belonging to he the, the cleaner who had been there for a long time mentioned the child's name and they agreed and this one oh don't worry don't be scared that's how the cleaner ran in to the classroom to help the child it was a boy child okay and that's how the child was assisted put in right position until recovery and that's how the cleaner helped the teacher but that's how the teacher felt guilty because he the fact that he ran out all the kids ran out with him i think that was done based on the beliefs that are in the community because personally i grew up knowing exactly. that if one is having a convulsion you don't go near them because if they like okay. you touch them it's like you be affected or infected i think that's what i grew up knowing well yes yeah. a lot of people have grown up knowing that but epilepsy is not contagious i mean if it was contagious my entire family would have had it yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. none of them none of them none of my other family members have have epilepsy we've even tried looking at the extended family no fam no other family members have epilepsy like in my case it's not hereditary it's not we've tried been trying to figure out like where has it come from Yeah. yeah so they don't have it so it's not contagious it's totally not contagious you are okay please stay with the person it's very important that the person has somebody beside yeah how can one get in touch so, with you can get in touch via email by emailing kabemba mwale epilepsy foundation kabemba is spelled K A B E M B A then wale is m w a l e at @gmail.com so it's kabemba wale @gmail.com you can call or whatsapp plus 260 any websites facebook page i hope that crazy number is clear it is <laughs> we have a facebook page which is epilepsy forum with kabemba mwale uh, as the websites are being built being worked on in due time we shall communicate okay kabemba it has been a pleasure talking to you this is wonderful i believe we'll have another time with you be blessed all right listeners i believe you have been touched and blessed by the story check the show notes i've put the facebook page link for kabemba mwale kindly follow and subscribe to life upliftment podcast for more inspiring motivational and educative episodes 
See you in our next episode. Thank you.